We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Valentin. Hey guys, this week's episode is from my time in Taiwan. Some of these episodes are going to be translated, so you'll have to hear the back and forth. But listen, I love the content so much. I love my time in Taiwan that I thought this would really bless you. So hopefully you enjoy it. Well, I'm excited to be back here tonight. And we're going to talk about what is in your backpack. What are you carrying around? How many of you have figured out that life is tough? Life's challenging. I grew up in a really good Christian home up in a up in the mountains of Northern California in a really small town of 3000. My parents weren't just Christians, they were like super Christian. When I was young growing up, I uh we we didn't have to go to church. We got to go to church. Anybody here, you don't have to go to church, you get to go to church. Yeah, every Sunday, <laughs> you and I, every Sunday I remember I would uh I would tell my dad like, "Dad, I don't want to go to ch- church. Do I have to go to church?" And he would say, "No, son. You don't have to go to church." And I'd be like, "Oh, thank you." He would say, "You get to go to church." We were the family that even on Super Bowl Sunday we were at church cleaning up after everyone was back at home. As a kid, I don't know that there's anything worse than Super Bowl Sunday happening and you're at church cleaning up, but that's who we were. Even growing up in an exceptionally good home, by the time I was 10 years old, I had already found uh, masturbation. See, what I didn't know at 10 years old that I know now is I was struggling with anxiety, so much anxiety that I wasn't aware of. At 14, I ended up uh, becoming uh, completely addicted to pornography. And then at 17, I met my high school sweetheart. I got married. Actually, I got engaged in high school at 17 and married at 18 and had three kids by the time I was 24. Life was awesome. It was so easy. Raising kids is so easy. I'm just kidding. Life was going awesome. I had three beautiful kids. I was a pastor at the school ministry at Bethel Church. And at 27, uh, I ended up in a uh, divorce. How many know that being a pastor and being a counselor, going through a divorce doesn't really help your ministry? I was like, wow, this is going to help my credibility a lot. I became a single dad and um, to to my three kids, and I spent two years uh, walking myself and helping them work through pain. At 29, I met my new girlfriend, which is now my wife. But when I met her at 29, I also was going through a nervous breakdown. I fought my nervous breakdown for a year in... I lost the use of my arms. I couldn't open up a water bottle. I'd have to, to drink holding two hands because I shook so bad. It was really dark. I'd sleep for 15, 10, 15 hours 
uh, every single night and um, even have demons show up in my room where I could see them. I ended up having to get on medication to just help me work through the anxiety that I was experiencing. My wife and I got married when I was 30 years old and we were ready to have kids because three kids isn't enough. Might as well have more. We spent five years trying to get pregnant and finally my wife conceived. For those of you that are married and you've tried to have kids, you know how exciting it is at first to try to have kids. It's really exciting. And everybody always says like, oh, practicing's the best part because you get to have sex. But after five years of trying to have kids, it's, it's no longer, uh, it becomes very painful because every month that you don't get pregnant, it, it, instead of it being this exciting thing, it's a really painful process. And finally, one day, my wife realizes that she's pregnant. Five long years of trying. Five years of holding on to promises from God. Five years of going to doctor's appointments and trying all kinds of different things. She finally gets pregnant. So we were so excited and we ended up going to our 10-week appointment. And while we were taking a look at the baby, the doctor said, there's no heartbeat. It took us two more years to finally get pregnant again. And now I have five babies instead of three babies. We ended up getting pregnant um, in 2020, and then we got pregnant again in 2022, which was just amazing. Guys, life is tough. If you grew up in a Christian home like me, if you think that I just had it so easy, Chris Valentin's his dad. Life's challenging. You know what the most challenging part of life is, though? The most challenging part of life becomes not from enduring pain, but not ever knowing how to put it down. See, so many of us go through the challenges of life, and instead of it just being a season, it becomes something that we carry through our whole entire life. And we end up going through life with a backpack on and you carry all of that stuff year after year after year, just loading your backpack down. And it doesn't take long before it becomes so much that you no longer function well. Muhammad Ali has a really great quote that I love a lot. He says, it's not the mountain that breaks down the man. It's the pebble in his shoe. Has anybody ever been on a really long walk or a hike before? I really love hiking. I do it uh, a lot because um, I go hunting and, and we go hiking a lot. I did it. Uh, so much as a young boy. Often when you're hiking, what happens is you're, you're, you're going along and then all of a sudden you get, you get just a little stick or a little rock inside your shoe. And then you have to make this really important decision. Are you going to stop, untie your shoe and take that pebble out? Or are you going to keep going? 
And you might say, "Well, why wouldn't you just stop right away?" But see, it's not really that simple because when you're with other people and you're going to a destination, it's so easy to just keep going. I don't want to stop. I don't want to untie my boot. I want to just get there. I went hiking、uh, two years ago with a friend, and when we got out of the car, it was raining really hard. And we looked at each other, and we were like,、oh, "Maybe we should wait for the rain to end." But we didn't do that because we are guys, and so we just went. Five miles later, my feet were soaked all the way through, and the wind was blowing like twenty miles an hour. It was so miserable and so cold. But we had finally got to the destination where we were going. Has anybody ever hiked with wet feet before? Oh, it's an amazing experience. See, when your feet are wet, what happens is that moisture makes your feet really soft, and then all that walking and all those miles begins to wear away at your heels, especially because they're really soft. At about mile two, I realized, hmm, my heels feel a little bit warm. But did I stop and fix it? No, I'm a guy. I just kept going. I'm going somewhere. I don't have time to stop and, and fix this little tiny hot spot. So by the time we got to where we're going, the wind stopped and the rain calmed down. And my friend and I were sitting up on this rock, and he said, "Hey, are you going to take a look at your feet?" I said, "Oh man, it doesn't even matter at this point." <laughs> You guys know what's coming," he said. "Bro, you better take care of those feet now, or you're not going to be able to walk tomorrow." So I took my boots off, I took my wet socks off, and I looked, and on both of my heels was blisters this big. See, do you know what little tiny pebbles in your shoe are? They're needs. They're little tiny needs that you have. They're these little tiny burdens that that are so annoying, and they're so annoying that we don't stop to actually take care of them. We just we're we're Christians, right? We're just gonna pray about it and believe God and keep going. I don't have time to stop. I'm doing God's work, and before you know it, you. Can't hardly function anymore. A while back, I did a little bit of research to see how much human beings can carry day in and day out and still be healthy. Now, someone like、uh, Ada could probably carry like three pounds, but I could probably carry like five <laughs> hundred. I'm just kidding. The average person can carry about ten、uh, to to twenty percent of their body weight around every day. And be fine. Do you guys know that we were designed to carry weight, and you want to carry weight because if you don't carry any weight, you have no responsibility.、Uh, they say, "Well, why does it matter if you have responsibility?" Well, responsibility matters because that's what gives you purpose in life. See, if if you don't carry any weight, if you don't carry, if you don't have any responsibility, then You wake up every morning going, "Why am I alive?" But if all you carry, if you carry too much weight, then you're asking the same question too: "Why am I alive?" 
This okay. is too heavy. So if, if we can carry about 10 to 20% of our body weight, I figure I can carry like my normal weight would be like 25 to 30 pounds. So what I've done is I've went through my life and totaled up how much my responsibilities weigh. Because I should be able to carry my responsibilities every single day. Do you guys agree with that? The things that God's given me, put, put in my care. It's a really good exercise that you guys should do. So I look at my marriage. My marriage right now is going really well. I've been married for 10 years. We have a really strong connection, really strong relationship. It probably weighs three pounds. When I look at my other responsibilities, I have my kids, I have work, my relationship with God, the way I feel about myself. So my marriage is three. My relationship with my kids, well, my older kids are out of the house, so that's really light, but I have two little babies. So it's probably like 10 pounds. And then when I look at work, this is a really busy season uh, right now. So work's probably 20 pounds of weight, of pressure. And I have my own personal self. This has actually been one of the best years in my life. I don't, I'm not actually struggling with anxiety anymore. And that was a, a massive journey in my life. So when I total up my life right now, I go, oh, I have, I have about 30 pounds of weight. I can do this. But I'm not always in this season. If we look back to when I first got married to my second wife, Lauren, my backpack looked a whole lot different. Personally, I was in the middle of a nervous breakdown. So my backpack just from my nervous breakdown was 60 pounds. We were blending a family, which basically meant uh, my kids were adopting a new mom. That was I don't even know how much that weighed. It was uh, 50 pounds. Our marriage was brand new. So we had never done life together as a married couple, and yet we're raising kids. So marriage was 20 pounds. That was a tough season. Anybody want that season? <laughs> He's so lucky. Life was really, really challenging. It was tough to get up every single day and to do my life day in and day out. But you know what the truth is, is if it's just for a season, you can do almost anything for a short period of time. The biggest thing is when you put stuff in that you never take out. It's like um, secret hidden sin. It's uh, your past that you've never worked through. It's bad communication skills, uh, broken relationships. We get to these places where we load ourselves down and then life becomes so challenging. I want to look at a uh, scripture. It's Galatians 6, 2. I really love this scripture because it starts out and it gives us a really incredible map to help uh, our, our family. It says, hey, everyone, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person really harshly. No, really gently. And it goes on to say, carry each other's burden in this way that you fulfill the law. Uh, verse 4 says, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. 
for each one should carry their own load. See, the Bible makes a distinction between a burden and a load. That the a burden, if you look up that word burden, what it actually is talking about is it says a burden is something that if carried on your own, it will be damaging. But a load is what we were meant to carry on our own. It's our responsibility. So it's really easy to get into this place in our life, especially if you are a leader where you're carrying a burden, but you're pretending like it's no big deal. It's the message that men give men. Like, be a man. Come on. You know what weakness is it, or what pain is? It's just weakness leaving the body. You need to suck it up. Walk it off. Be a man. Women carry a backpack as well that is often too heavy. It's that over-responsibility. It's the shoulds. Uh, moms especially. Moms carry the weight of they should be able to do this and they should be able to do that and, and they shouldn't get overwhelmed. Do you guys have the phrase mom guilt in, in Taiwan? We have the phrase mom guilt. Where moms just, they feel like they should. They're over-responsible for everything and everyone. Well, kids also carry a burden around too. It's the burden of trying to live up to their parents' expectations, trying to carry this false responsibility, the expectations that people have placed on them. And the challenge is, if you're the man who's trying to not show any weakness in order to prove that you're a man, every day when you look in the mirror, you just feel like a poser. You don't actually feel like a man. You feel scared. You feel ashamed. You feel fake. And if you're the mom who's trying to hold it all together so that everyone's happy, you don't actually feel happy. You feel overwhelmed. But see, we have to start to learn how to unload our backpacks, how to unload the false sense of responsibility, how to unload the years of, of, of pain and guilt and shame in our lives. When my wife and I had been married for uh, probably two years, um, my oldest, one of my oldest child, uh, finally came to live with us full time instead of going back and forth, uh, to, to the homes. I was so excited because instead of him spending half the week at my house, half the week at his mom's house, we finally had him full time. The first week was awesome. And then it became increasingly harder. Everything was harder. My son was, uh, my son was just coming into high school. So he's hitting puberty, but also he had been working through a bunch of pain from the divorce. So it could be dinner time and I would go upstairs to get him and, and I'd say, Hey son, it's time for dinner. And he'd be like, all right. I'd be like, Hey, are you okay? And he, and he would say, yeah, I'm fine. Are you sure you're fine? Because you don't sound fine. You guys know where this is going, don't you? I would say, uh, you don't. Oh, and then he would say, oh, I was fine before you came up here. What happened? What started to happen 
is my son's pain. The, the weight that he was carrying, it just became so heavy for him. And of course, as parents, we're there to try to help him, but it's also really heavy for us. Plus, like I told you, Lauren and I had only been married for a couple of years. So we're still trying to work out our life in, in our marriage. So I felt so weighed down. Every single day I'd wake up and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do today. And I told Danny Silk all the stuff that was going on in my life. This is what's happening with my kids. This is what's happening with me. This is what's happening with my wife. You know, what's really interesting is Danny worked so much with me. What was really interesting to me is my son's life only got harder until he had an encounter with God at 18 years old. But here's what Danny taught me. Danny taught me how to take off my backpack. He gave me a plan for how to handle and how to help my son in that season. So the, the challenge isn't that you're in a season that's hard. The challenge is if you're in a season that's hard and you don't have any help. See, I used to go to work and while I was at work, I would be worrying about coming home and what was going to happen at home when, when my son was there. And then when I was at home, I'd be worried about what was going to happen when I encountered my son because I didn't know what to do. Later on, my daughter started to go through some really challenging things. And I remember sitting down with God and having a conversation with God where I told God, like, I need your help. Like, I cannot figure this out on my own. And God brought us this really incredible woman. Her name was Cheryl, and she became my daughter's counselor. See, Cheryl helped teach us how to take that weight out of our backpack. She didn't just work with my daughter. She also worked with me. See, that's what's supposed to happen in our lives. We're not supposed to know how to figure all of this stuff out on our own. We live under these lies that somehow you should know how to solve all the problems in your life. Listen, if you knew how to solve all the problems in your life, you would have already fixed it. You had already solved them all, but God has put each one of us inside of a family so that we can lend the strength of one another. But in order to get the strength of a family, you have to actually open yourself up to the family and ask for help. See, Danny taught me how to take off the backpack, but I had to risk him thinking I was incompetent or thinking that I wasn't enough. I had to face my own fears, face my own shame of not being a good enough dad or the shame of causing my kids pain because I went through a divorce. See, when I was young and I was completely addicted to masturbation, what actually saved me in that time is that I didn't go through it alone. Because when I was really young, my dad created a really safe place for me to talk to him. So even though I was struggling with masturbation and pornography, I would talk to my dad every single week. And what actually was a, a major turning point in my life was one night I was sitting with my dad. This was 
a couple years into struggling with pornography. And he said, son, why don't you tell the family? Well, that sounds like a really great idea to you guys. But the rest of my family was all women. It's my sisters and my mom. I remember asking my dad, I said, dad, do you think it will help? Do you think if, if I tell mom and my sisters that it will actually help? See, I'd been struggling with it so long that I was, I was desperate. I was willing to do anything. So I remember that night, my dad got my mom and my sisters. And I remember sitting on the couch and looking at my dad and my mom and my sisters and telling them that I had been struggling with masturbation and pornography. See, what I was terrified was going to happen. I was terrified that my sisters were going to be really embarrassed and that they were going to judge me, and that my mom would feel shame. But the exact opposite happened. My sisters and my mom, when I told them, they got up and they came around me, and they laid their hands on me, and they began to love on me, and they began to pray for me. See, that night was the last night that I ever remember uh, looking at pornography. It's not because the temptation went away. It's because... I was living open. I was living in the light. So you know, I was able to work through my divorce and my marriage because I didn't hide it. Before my marriage was ever even in trouble, I had uh, a mentor, Danny, helping me. Every single month, we would go to marriage counseling. It's just what we did. This is how I was. Uh, it's just how I lived my life. And when I went through my break, nervous breakdown, although it was the worst season in my life, I wasn't alone. I had my dad. So I remember one night, it was, it was a really, really low night. I thought I was dying. When I was in the middle of my nervous breakdown, they were testing me to see what was wrong with me because they didn't know uh, what was going on. They thought I had cancer or uh, multi, uh, uh, MS, or uh, they thought that I had uh, all, all kinds of weird things. So I remember being on the phone with my dad and I was crying. It was probably 11 o'clock at night. And I told him, Dad, I can't do this anymore. I'm dying. Like, my life feels like it's over. And I remember my father, he started telling me stories of all these great men who have gone before us, all these champions. And he started telling me all the stuff that they had gone through in their life. And I remember my dad telling me, he said, son, you can't, you don't get to decide if you're dying or living physically, all you get to decide is what you're going to do with the time that you have. See, living inside of a family, it doesn't keep you from problems, but it keeps you connected to solutions. It get, makes it a way so that you're not on your own trying to figure out life, trying to, trying to, to, to solve something that you don't actually know how to solve. See, the, the body of Christ is supposed to be the place where people who are broken, people who are lost, people who are overwhelmed, people who don't know what to do can come. And that's what I want to invite you guys into tonight. I know that some of you probably live uh, like that. You probably live really connected but I also know that probably a lot of us 
live with these different burdens, these different weights that are pulling us down. And the truth is, is, is that if you're willing to open up, if you're willing to let somebody in, you can change. You can, you can take that weight off of your life tonight. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co. Podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.